2: Good morning and welcome to score values on 670 the score. I'm Alex Kuhn. Today we're going to discuss an organization looking for your help to tutor elementary through high school students as the 2023 2024 school year has arrived. Also, Bears new president and CEO Kevin Warren met with NBC Sports NFL reporter Peter King last week and shared some updates on what a possible stadium project may look like as the future home of the Bears still sits in limbo. We now welcome Tommy Sternberg, the president of the Board of Trustees of Tutoring Chicago. He joins us now on Score Values. Tommy, how are you doing this morning?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Alex.
2: We're delighted to have you this morning. And tell us a little bit about Tutoring Chicago.
0: So Tutoring Chicago is a nonprofit organization. We've been around for nearly 60 years. And we provide free weekly one-to-one tutoring for kids in first through 10th grade who are, come from families facing financial barriers. So we have the same uh, tutor every week show up for that student throughout the school year, and that's really uh, one of the keys to the program. makes a huge difference in terms of their learning um, and have someone in their life to show up as a mentor and uh, really help with their academic progress and overall promoting a, a, a lifetime love for learning.
2: Well, this, the school year is just about to get started. For some, that it's started already, and as I understand it, there is a big need for tutors for this 2023-2024 school year.
0: Absolutely. So uh, there's so much more need in the city than we can serve. Um, we current, we've grown the program substantially. We serve over a thousand students. But as you said, the need is, is many, many multiple times greater than that. So the more tutors uh, we can recruit to our program to make just a 90 minute commitment, um, Once a week in the evenings uh, to help with one student throughout the school year, you know, the greater the impact uh, we can have. And of course, you know, um, everyone learns differently. That's one of the benefits of this one to one uh, program that we have. Um, and of course, coming out of the pandemic, you know, there's been some learning loss as well. A lot of students are still playing catch up. So the need is just so, so great. Um, and uh, absolutely, especially this time of year, it's back to school season. So we'd love to get as many tutors as we can uh, to join this fantastic program.
2: So there are probably people out there listening who want to get involved, who like uh, t- teaching, who maybe are just want to help the, the next generation of students but are wondering, am I eligible? Uh, would, would my services be wanted or needed by tutoring Chicago? So That, that kind of leads me to my next question, who is eligible to be a tutor?
0: Basically, anyone can do it. The only eligibility requirements are that you're 18 years or older and willing to make that uh, commitment once a week uh, in the evenings. To show up for your student uh, throughout the school year. So you don't need an educational background. You don't need prior experience as an educator. You don't even need to remember any of those uh, math skills or to try to teach someone you know how to learn. Um, we provide fantastic resources, training, um, Every week there are lesson plans so uh, the tutors are prepared. So really it's just a a willingness to commit to give back to the community and to make a difference in one child's life. Um, And really anyone can be a tutor.
2: Now you mentioned the the, the training process. So say I... Someone out there decides tomorrow that they want to get involved. you guys uh, take them in. What is that training process like and and some of the the work that you guys do with your tutors to make sure that uh, they're prepared for the students? Yes,
0: yeah, so we do have an orientation um, after after you sign up and commit. so you will go through that. Uh, to give you a better sense of of the programming, and then we have a matching program. Uh, we we do a fantastic job. The staff does of matching you for for the type of student that you think uh, we can uh, help that can benefit from your help um, the most. And as I said, there are lessons plans. There's tons of resources and materials. So you know, typically you'll start off with some homework help, but then there's also, um, you know, other uh, skills that depending on the needs of the student, whether it be um, math, whether it be reading, etc. cetera, um, there's just so many fantastic resources that, as I said, anyone can do it. The other thing I, I want to mention is we provide these services both in person at three different locations in the city and uh, the North side, the near West side and uh, a new location uh, on the South side uh, in Washington park uh, area. And we also offer digital um, tutoring. So if um, in-person is not right for you as a tutor and some um, for the students and their families, sometimes uh, online is easier. We, we can do these sessions in zoom. We obviously had to pivot that way during the pandemic. And uh, now about half of um, our, our tutoring matches, our pairs are uh, online via Zoom. So uh, that's also an effective way if you think that, you know, you're thinking about making this commitment. We offer both online as well as in-person tutoring.
2: That's an interesting point. As Tommy Sternberg, the president of the Board of Trustees of Tutoring Chicago, joins us on Score Values, remote learning has has been a discussion, and obviously during the pandemic, schools uh, had to go to it. And and you got you mentioned that that you guys are still doing it. About half of your students ha- are are learning that way. Have you guys found that um, it, it's helpful? And and it, you people. Both tutors and students have still been able to create a bond, and students have been able to learn that way.
0: Absolutely, no. It's, it's it as with many other walks of life. Uh, you know, we did learn a lot um, in terms of how much can be done. You know, virtually, of course, there's plenty of remote work going on. Uh, there's certainly uh, many benefits we think to, to in-person learning. But as we said, for especially whether it's uh, the, on the tutor side or on the student side. Um, you know, the virtual option can be, uh, you know, better for either party and uh, and just as effective. And we, we haven't seen a real measurable difference in the strong outcomes that we see when we survey our um, parents of our students, as well as the teachers to, uh, to know that the program is working. So it is working for us, uh, whether that is online or uh, in person.
2: What types of reviews have you guys gotten from both students and and parents as it pertains to students improvement in in all subjects, but namely reading and mathematics?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, first of all, it's just highly recommended by the parents, right? So, uh, it's, it's nearly 100%. Of parents would recommend tutoring Chicago um, and, and 95% rate that their student have done better um, as a result of, of tutoring and you know it's, it's right around 90% or so of teachers also that report increases in their students um, math as well as reading as a result of, of um, the program for uh, after surveying those uh, teachers after the school year so it's a really effective program um, the academic achievements you know, that that data is there. It speaks for itself. I would also say, add, though, that it, it does go on. Uh, the benefits go beyond just the academic progress. That's certainly the core of our mission. But, again, to have someone um, show up for someone, one of these students who, you know, might come from a different background, uh, might be working in a job they've never heard of, you know, it, it can open um, – a per- a young person's eyes in terms of you know what what's capable what what they're capable of achieving so um, the academic progress is certainly core to it uh but there actually is so much more that the student gets out. And also, as a tutor, it's, we've just found that it's become so rewarding. We hear from our tutors, who are just fantastic to volunteer their time, uh, that this is so such a rewarding program for them, and it becomes the highlight of their week, something they look forward to doing uh, every week throughout the school year. Tommy,
2: so, I mean, this may be anecdotal, but how often do you hear from maybe tutors that were apprehensive at first wondering, H- how can I help? Uh, am I do, do I know the subject matter enough? And then afterwards, like you said, it, it, it becomes such a, w- a rewarding uh, venture for them.
0: Yeah, almost all the time, I would say there is that initial apprehension. Um, we hear it from you know, I, I think unless you were an educator, I think you're going to have that initial apprehension. And you even hear it from folks that are wildly, have wildly successful careers. And they're, you know, a little maybe they're a little bit older, they have more time on their hands, they're willing to give back. You know, the core of our tutoring base, I'd say, is more young professionals um, who are, you know, trying to, do some uh, good work in the community and, again, looking for a way to big, give back and want to focus on um, on youth in the city and, and education. Um, but what they find is, again, because, as I mentioned, all the resources that we provide, the training, um, and just sh- showing up for someone, it's, it's really um, – not not that much in terms of you. Have, you don't have to remember those algebra skills or anything like that from that you may not remember back in school. We provide all of that lesson planning um, for for you. So it, it it really. So I would just say take the leap. That's what we hear from our tutors as well, um, because you know you, you'll find you're just going to get so much back in return uh, for the time that that you're willing to give.
2: Now you kind of mentioned that you guys have a wide range of volunteers. How important is it to have volunteers of of many different backgrounds just as you have many students of different backgrounds?
0: Well, certainly, yeah, that's uh, a goal of ours for sure um, to get that uh, we, we do need to match you know our our tutors with with our students. Um, and so we're always uh, looking for uh, more diverse uh, uh, tutors. Um, you know, Spanish-speaking tutors uh, are especially um, Im- important for that um, segment of the tutors that that w- that we serve. As, or, excuse me, of the students that we serve. Um, so, so absolutely, we're always looking for a very broad and diverse set of tutors.
2: You talk a little bit about that matching process and, and how extensive it is.
0: Sure. Well, as I've said, we've been. This program has been around for a long time, so we've learned, um, we've got quite a bit of institutional knowledge um, as a result. So uh, the tutors will, you know, give us a sense of if they have a preference of, you know, what grade they want to work with or, or roughly what grades, you know, where their sort of comfort uh, levels lie. And then, you know, from a student perspective as well, uh, you know, some may have more, uh Uh, needs a higher level of needs than others let's say for example um and then you know we might need to pair them with a tutor who's a bit more um specialized and has some of those skills so uh it's it's one of the secret sauces that we have and our staff has just done done a fantastic job of um of finding that right match and as a result many of our tutors come back not just you know they finish the school year and they come back year after year and work with the same student um for more than one, sometimes two, three, even longer than that, um, because they develop these these relationships, um, and you know, from a tutor perspective, I was talking to one recently. I mean they become a, a part of a part of their lives that's who they are um, that, that's how meaningful this program is. Uh, from the tutor side. And then from the student side as well, you know, we we see the feedback that um, we get from from the parents at the end of the year. They're just so appreciative to have um, this person provide this service for their child. um, That's, again, free of charge. Um, They they see the difference it makes in in their children's lives. So um, hard to explain, you know, exactly how we Go through that that magic of the matching, but it, it is there and it's extremely effective.
2: Tommy Sternberg, the president of the Board of Trustees of Tutoring Chicago, joining us joining us this morning on Score Values. And I understand you guys have some events coming up. You mentioned the orientations that that potential uh, tutors can sign up for. There are several coming up, and also. You have a great fundraising event coming up on September the 9th, Saturday, for bikers and runners called Ride and Stride. Tell us a little bit about these events coming up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we have, as as you know, school is starting up, so we have our, our orientation programs um, c- coming up over the next several weeks, and, and they will continue um, for, for the weeks following. But you know, the sooner we can get. More people started, the better. Uh, by the way, I do want to mention to sign up at www.tutoringchicago.org is where you can find all of the information. And we do several fundraisers throughout the year. Our next one coming up that we're excited about is is the Ride and Stride, as as you say. So um, there are options for both uh, biking as uh, well as um, a walk as well. So um, you can sign up, uh, raise some, fun, have people sponsor you, raise some. Fraud- a learn about the program as well. So that, that's a fun way to, to get involved and get to know the program a little better. And we have other fundraisers throughout the year as well. And all of this, again, you can find on our website at tutoringchicago.org.
1: Yeah.
2: Also on the website, tutoringchicago.org, there are other ways you can get involved and, and ways to donate. Tell, tell folks how they, can, how they can get involved or donate to Tutoring Chicago if they would like to.
0: Yeah, well, of course, yeah, you can go to tutoringchicago.org slash donate. And the other, um, you know, just in terms of advocacy and ways to get involved, you know, maybe you're not sure if, if, you know, it's right for you in terms of um, becoming a a tutor, but you know of family, of friends, of uh, if you at your job, uh, you might have work colleagues. Um, You know, we're always looking for more uh, corporate sponsors as well. We are are entirely um, uh, funded uh, by donors. Um, as a nonprofit organization. So, you know, it, it takes, um, takes quite a lot to develop these programs, to staff it, et cetera. And so I would just say um, go to our website to, to get more information and tell your colleagues, tell your friends about the program um, to help us recruit more tutors um, and, and to help us uh, raise funds for this fantastic organization that's doing such, such great work uh, in the city of Chicago.
2: Tommy Sternberg, President of the Board of Trustees of Tutoring Chicago, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having
0: me on, Alex. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Tommy. Once again, that is tutoringchicago.org. For the Chicago Bears, the urgency is starting to build to figure out where they will be playing their football games in the future, possibly as early as 2027. The Bears can buy out of their lease at Soldier Field in 2026 for a fee of about $84 million. President and CEO Kevin Warren is in his first year on the job as Bears boss, having come to the organization after a run as Big Ten commissioner, where he was responsible for USC and UCLA joining the conference, as well as time in the front office of the Minnesota Vikings prior to his stint with the Big Ten, where he was instrumental in the -the state-of-the-art U.S. Bank Stadium project coming together in downtown Minneapolis. For the Bears, the new stadium project seems to be largely about location. The team bought the Arlington Park property almost two years ago for close to $200 million. So many people thought and still believe that Arlington Heights is the favorite. But Warren is listening to all the offers right now, which includes several suburban townships and City of Chicago locations as well. Last week on the Mully and Haw show, which you can hear weekdays on the score from 5 to 10 a.m., Host Mike Mulligan and David Haw reacted to some of the comments that Warren made to Peter King. When would the Bears play there?
3: 27? No, I mean, twenty-eight. again, I, I always go by when a shovel goes in the ground, Yeah. and I believe is that once a shovel goes in the ground, is that it's probably three years, yeah. so whenever that happens. Right. You know, we have a uh, fall veto session coming up. Um, we have to work through it. But I think the biggest thing, this is one of those things we need to be diligent and not rush into it, because this is a 40- to 50-year decision, and I want to make sure that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a great listener during this process and that we really land it the right way.
4: Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Interesting to, uh, to take a listen to uh, the Bears' new president, Kevin Warren, on with uh, NBC's... Did a podcast with NBC's Peter King, and Peter, he, is Peter okay? Everything going good? Yeah, I think so. Okay.
5: He's just at the end, maybe, of his training camp tours. I would imagine it's a very grueling pace.
4: He looks exhausted. Yeah, I could understand
5: after all the travel from one camp to another. The takeaways for me from, from the Kevin Warren talk, which was very, very, I think, strategic, by the Bears, it, it's it's aggressive, it's persistent, it's consistent with the way they've approached this. Three years after the shovels hit the ground, they expect to be playing football at their new stadium. Yes. The other thing is, obviously, he's going to be a great listener, and there are a lot of municipalities that are taking him up on that offer. Come on, come all, Waukegan, Naperville, Rockford. I I know I'm overlooking some, but he's, he's going to be a great listener. He's inviting these kinds of opportunities, overtures, because it provides leverage. It definitely provides leverage. And I think that is the third thing. The idea that the Bears would stay in Chicago and they would work with Brandon Johnson, who he referenced during the interview, the new mayor of Chicago, to remain on the lakefront, to me is idealistic. Ideal? Certainly that's what everyone would benefit the most from, put a dome on Soldier Field, put a dome somewhere, but not realistic. No.
4: And, I mean, listen, I'm not saying he's just trolling you there, but the fact of the matter is that the Bears need to own their own stadium to increase the value of the franchise. They need their own building that they own. They don't need to... Stay at a building that they are leasing out, only demanding that there's a dome put upon it. That doesn't increase the value of the franchise in the same fashion that building something out in Arlington would.
5: But you have to let everybody think well that this is, remains a possibility. This, even this though the answer. last time that they had a stadium project in the city of Chicago, taxpayers were left on the hook for nearly $700 million. That remains an albatross. That started back in you know, the early 2000s, Soldier Field's renovation, and here we are. So the $2 billion roof on Soldier Field project in the state the city is in now would be a difficult thing for a new mayor to sell mm-hmm. in terms of an idea. Arlington Heights remains the most logical, realistic, logistically sound conclusion for the Bears to reach at some point in time.
4: Yeah, I, I just I, – I mean, I'm again, I'm interested in getting the president of the team on the record regarding that. I think what surprised me is him saying that it will take another year to figure out where they're going to have the building, and I was very curious that it would take three years to actually build the, the building. It's I, time. I think they should get to it if they're going to do they it. They
5: need to get to it because we are now – entering 2023 season, you want to break ground next year and ideally be in the new building by 2027. Kevin Warren did go on the record. Peter King, this is what he had to say about possibly uh, weighing Arlington Heights versus the Chicago project.
2: Would you say it's most likely right now that the stadium ends up
6: in Arlington? Or um, do you know that I think that everything,
3: is, everything is on the table. I mean, you know, we had that period where we were focused on Arlington. We have some you know, issues to still work on um that that there's a possibility there but one of the things that i promised myself and promised the mccaskey family is that i would come in and take a really a fresh look on what's the right, right. thing to do and uh, and if it turns out to be arlington it turns out to be arlington if it's somewhere else if it's in downtown you know chicago one thing that makes uh this environment so special is god really kissed um downtown you know chicago with that with that lake front i don't think there's any place in the country that has that beauty of a city right upon a beautiful lake in Lake Michigan. So we're taking everything in advance. I wanna be very thoughtful. You know, what's the right thing for our fans? What's the right location? And, um, and we have new leadership and Mayor Brandon Johnson, who's a really smart, uh, energetic you know, mayor. And so we'll continually have conversations uh, with all of our constituents here in the, in the state. And, um, and, and I'm confident that when it's all said and done, people will be pleased.
5: Hmm.
4: hmm. Okay. I'm not saying he's trolling me on that one or you or the bear fans, but I I just again, I don't see I don't see how they get a dome stadium on the lakefront that doesn't belong to the Establishing
5: city. Establishing leverage is not trolling is what you're saying. Yes. Essentially, yeah, I I don't I I agree with that, but I do think he's trying to establish leverage.
4: That's all it is.
5: And the fact that he's extolling the virtues of you know, the lakefront property and the location, location, location. Understandable, because he's right. Listen, who doesn't love the lakefront? Oh, who
2: doesn't? So right there you hear Mike and David on Mully and Haw discussing the important points of a potential stadium project, including a rough timeline as well as the need for the Bears to own the stadium and not lease it to bring up the value of the franchise. The timetable, however, seems to be a bit fluid. Warren hasn't been all that committal on a timetable, rather deciding to say that the idea would be to have a stadium up about three years after breaking ground. Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio joined Lawrence Holmes and Layla Rahimi last week on Bernstein and Holmes and was asked about the timetable and negotiations by Lawrence and Layla. For Florio,
4: the headlines
2: still seem to be par for the course when it comes to negotiation
4: tactics. We saw an interview with Peter King and Kevin Warren, and I'm sure you saw it, too. I'm curious what you think of now, like, the timetable on Arlington Heights being moved back for 12 months, according to Kevin Warren.
6: Well, anytime you've got one of these stadium situations, you have to ask yourself... What's the real play here? How much of it is pitting one community against another? And this is kind of the first time in recent years we've seen it play out in the same geographic area where the Bears aren't leaving Chicago for St. Louis or San Diego or some other vacant market. The Bears are staying in Chicago. But where in Chicago will the Bears be? And how much of this is... 4D chess where the bears know what they really want and they have to create the impression they're willing to do this and maybe they're interested in that and maybe they're doing this. And how much of it is just they're going with which way the wind blows. That's what's fascinating to me. And I look, I don't, I don't profess to know the answer to the question. They either have this thing playing out exactly the way they want, or they'll find out at the same time the rest of us find out where the best deal is going to be that allows them to build their stadium.
1: I mean, to me, it's also
2: just a question of logistics. You give away your leverage and your negotiating power when you say over and over and over again, even to the municipality who wants you that Arlington Heights is your sole focus. So I think there's just some strategy here now that they have a new executive in charge. You've seen that play out before where the city and another municipality will argue with each other for a stadium or for the, for the uh, the favored spot there,
6: and there's a way to do it that is legitimate. And there's a way to do it that becomes too transparent, and too obvious. That it's just a leverage play, and they're really not serious about one of the locations, and they're just using it in order to get the best possible deal. And at some point, there needs to be a conversation, just like what we're talking about with Michael Orr and the Tuies. Somebody at some point needs to say, "Look, let's cut through the BS here. Do you really want to come here, or is this some other game that we're not?" Privy to, And if we really want to come here, let's focus over the next month on doing everything we can to realize whether or not we can work this out. And if we can, let's do it. If we can't, let's go our separate ways. Again, life's too short to screw around with things that aren't going to come to fruition.
2: Once again, that was Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio on Bernstein and Holmes last week. Another topic surrounding the stadium seems to be what type of stadium would be best for the city of Chicago. There's a debate about the merits of keeping the Bears outdoors for traditional reasons, while others point out that for the city to host big-time events like the Super Bowl and Final Four, they need a large dome stadium or retractable roof stadium. For Kevin Warren, he sees the value of having a dome stadium for the city and says he is looking at ways to keep the December atmosphere that Chicagoans have grown accustomed to while also producing a state-of-the-art facility that can bring those aforementioned top-level events to the area.
3: I would say if we, and that's incumbent upon us to build and do it the right way. A lot of the things that I do are just based upon history. And just like in Minnesota, we, we built U.S. Bank Stadium in a manner that we felt would be not only appropriate for the Minnesota Vikings, but it would make sense for the NFL, for us to host a Super Bowl for it to be a destination for final four other concerts so what i am confident about is that if we do things the right way and make sure we build it in a manner that's uh, fits and is an elegant and professional um, that i feel that we would have a great opportunity to host some of these you know events never a guarantee but that's always in the back of my mind and i'm focused we have the best fans in the national football league i'm focused on building that environment from a fan Standpoint for them to be able to really enjoy it, uh, a dome stadium would make the most sense. And one of the things I've been thinking about um, is that there are ways that we can create that environment, even in the dome atmosphere, to give you that sense of, uh, of whether it's fresh air or, you know, windows and what type of roof you have. There's different things that you can do. But I, I'm, I'm confident that uh, once we are uh, finished with our stadium and do the ribbon cutting, that fans will really enjoy it and we have to look over the horizon not only what are the current viewing habits of a fan now but how that evolves what happens over the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and so I think uh, in the climate that we're in for us to be able to activate it with our partners for our players but really for a fan experience um, is, is really that makes the most sense.
2: That audio courtesy of NBC Sports. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Score Values. We thank Tommy Sternberg, the president of the Board of Trustees for Tutoring Chicago, for joining us today. Tutoring Chicago is looking for volunteers who want to help educate students for the 2023-2024 school year. And if you're interested and are 18 years and above, you can visit their website at tutoringchicago.org. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about on a future edition of our show, or if you'd like to share information about an upcoming charitable event, send us an email at scorevalues670 at gmail.com. That's scorevalues670 at gmail.com. I'm Alex Kuhn, and thanks for listening to this week's edition of Score Values on 670 The Score.